Did you drop that? Found it for you. It was right here the whole time. Strike one. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Showtime. I'm letting my anger pass. What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan. Stacy. Melanie. How you guys doing? Good. You're listening to Cinema Parlor. Uh, we have a special episode for everybody today. A special very, for you. Very special. It's special for everybody. I don't you feel special. Yeah, you both watched them with me. Like, well, yeah. Okay. This is Cinema Parlor's 2020 Nolan's birthday special. I hope you're all excited. You realize that your birthday and the year that we're recording this is 2021, not 2020. Damn it. 2020 was bad. 21's good. Is it? We're off to a bad start. Okay, let me re- retry that again. Nolan's 2021 birthday special. I hope none of this is edited out. I don't care if it is. You're so grumpy. It was your birthday. Well, that was a week ago. Do you want to talk a little bit about the state of mind you're in while we were watching these? You yeah. don't have to go into... Yeah, I'll just say that I did have uh, some surgery. I'm doing much better. I was on some drugs while we watched these. Not like I wasn't heavily sedated. For your penis reduction? Yes. You know, I don't know. We've talked about this before, but you really talk about my dick a lot. Does that enjoy you? Does that enjoy you? Like, does your penis enjoy me? Not yet. I mean, I think it does. There's (laughs) a chance. You don't know what it thinks of you right now. Anyway, I was a little bit on on some drugs while watching these. You also couldn't really eat. Yeah, I I didn't have much in my system. I was going to make you your uh, birthday cake, but... I didn't even get I didn't get a cake this year yet um, because I was in a way in a way you know you put that yet in there like well Melanie you still have to just no, Melanie I, said it, she's gonna be making me a cake this weekend I'm making him a carrot cake is my favorite cake and Melanie made one last year and it's a great cake this one will be a great cake so yes uh, so I was on under under some. Uh, drugs during this the watching of these movies but uh, i think it made it worth it even even more and this is okay so technically this is year two that we've been doing this for your birthday two years in a row where i've actually curated curated my own little triple feature last year i did a action triple bill of double team bad boys 2 and hard boiled hard boiled thank you this year i went for uh, I was trying to do like Italian genre stuff, and then after it was all over, I I found out that Mausoleum was not directed by an Italian man, so it kind of put a dent on my thing. But we'll just call it a genre triple feature. So we we did Mausoleum, followed by Hercules in the Haunted Haunted World, World, followed lastly by Conquest. It it was a fun night, and before we get into it, let's talk drinks. Stacy, what are you having today? The Cherry Brass Buck, some ginger ale. Red Stag by Jim Beam, and a little lime. It's very delicious. Is the Red Stag, is that just cherry whiskey? Yeah, it's a uh, black cherry bourbon. Okay. Uh, Melanie, what do you got? I got out so much stuff to make a concoction for this, and I ended up, I didn't want anything super sweet. I'm just having apple brandy, and I also have a giant thing of water. We're all responsible. Well... Me and Melanie are responsible with our water on the side. <laughs> you like, have more alcohol on the side. Yeah, I don't really like water. I got two drinks going here. Uh, this first one is a... It's just something that we kind of threw together. Yeah. It's, it's ginger ale. And, or no, sorry. 
You have ginger beer ginger and beer peach bourbon. And peach bourbon. How is it? I mean, it's very tasty. It's it's really good. And then on the side here, I have a, a beer made by Rogue, a hazelnut brown nectar. Well, you're going to have to update us during the show when you uh, pop that sucker open. I will. Do we want to get into our first film? The first film we're going to be talking about today is Mausoleum. 1983, directed by Michael Dugan. Not Italian at all. Traumatized by her mother's death, young Susan is becoming possessed by the same demon that possessed her mother before she died. More and more, her husband and psychiatrist are noticing the strange changes. This stars Bobby Brisset, Marjorie Gortner, Norman Burton, Maurice Sherbaney, Lawanda Page. Eh, that's enough. What's wrong with my wife? She's not your wife. The woman you're living with looks like Susan. She looks exactly like your wife, but she's not your wife. Oh, my God! I can't help you now. Susan, please! Stacy, your thoughts on Mausoleum? I thought it was... Fun. Like, I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's better than a lot of the, like, D-level horror films that we bust out for, like, these type of things. I mean, Vinegar Syndrome puts out a lot of these and, uh, you know, Synapse and stuff. I feel like we've watched a lot of movies like this over our years together. That's true. Um, You are a big fan of snatching up these films. I am. And this in particular is a Vinegar Syndrome release. I, I did like it more than most of those, you know, films. I, I don't think it's boring. I think that it moves along. I think that there are moments of good direction, especially with, like, the use of light and such. It's weird. So this director, Michael Dugan, he only made, it looks like, three movies a good ten years in between each film. He did a film in 76 called Super Seal, which... Looking at the VHS cover, it's what you think. It is a super-powered seal. Mm. That was in 76. 83, he does Mausoleum. Okay? 1999, he does his follow-up to Mausoleum, Raging Hormones. Mm. It's a sex comedy where a neighbor uses a boy as a sex toy. Very erotic. A boy? Well, like a teenager. You guys need to get better about saying baby and boy. No, that, his thing's way different than mine. Don't even Did that not make it. it sound like it was a child that was being... I mean, it did. It's not okay. Listen. Words matter. Words do matter. I'm a big proponent of that. I like but saying bad words. if you are 18 or under, you're a boy. You're a child. So that would... So is a child. I mean, I guess. So it is upsetting. So what you said... And then you said no, but it was yes. But I mean, like, there's, like, Porky's and American Pie and stuff. We're like, n- not going to have a conversation about the appropriate sexualizing of Teen sex comedy, sex comedies, that's a thing. I didn't I make it. Said- Michael Dugan did it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Good on Dukes, man. What a guy. How do you feel about this film? So neither one of you had seen this. That's true. Okay. The weird thing, I didn't remember her being nude as much as she is Mm -hmm. she is really out there from a good portion of the film and it just seems it's there are times where like she'll because she's in her negligees a lot just like slinking around the house in a robe and Mm -hmm. lingerie 
So you will see her at one point. She kind of pulls out her boobs yep. to like entice the gardener, but he's not even in the room. And then she goes upstairs and has a shower. So at no point does her adjusting herself come into play. It's very odd. Mm -hmm. Then she goes out on the balcony and entices him in another way. Right. So that for me was kind of odd. And I don't know why I didn't remember that because that's like the most memorable thing about this film. I would wager to say that probably close to like seriously five minutes of the movie, she's naked. Oh, yeah. I would say I think that's that might even be kind of lowballing it. Probably so. I will say, I think the effects are so awesome. I didn't look up to see who did the effects on this. I'm sorry. No, the effects do look pretty good. The demon makeup is pretty cool. When you see in silhouettes, it kind of reminded me of something from the creature from the un... Is it the unnamed? And the lighting's great. Special effects by Roger George. He worked on other films such as Terminator, The Howling, and Death Sport. The green eye effect is probably more enjoyable in Kathy's Curse. So, mm. Nolan, what did you think of this one? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm probably close to the same boat. I mean, I, this is my least favorite of the three. There are I was entertained. I don't think it's a great movie, but I had a fun time watching it, especially with you guys. Like, we laughed a lot. We had... there. I, I think uh, it's... She runs across, like, three or four different males that's guys that she seduces Mm -hmm. and i think each one of them has a fun characterization like i I think all of them are a good time on screen i really love the gardener uh i the guy i wished was longer in the movie was the first guy she kind of destroys at the karaoke bar yeah and he gets burned in a car alive that which that whole scene that looked (laughs) really good good. (laughs) yeah it was a good time uh, but yeah, I, I was like, I had a good time with it. I don't think it's a great movie, but you know, I enjoyed myself. I will say one thing of a disappointment is I thought the first, uh, third of the film, like, or well, I guess the first like 10, five, 10 minutes, um, there was some cool, uh, coloring and gels being used. And I, I was hoping that would kind of stay throughout and it kind of drifted away into more seems of like a only interior in the mausoleum. Team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then I guess that one point, whenever, I don't know if it's the main characters, her aunt. Yeah. She mm-hmm. comes to visit yeah. in the hallway. There's some purple yeah. gels mm-hmm. being used, but that's it. Yeah. There's no consistency with that. I thought this was like, as far as like a ripoff film goes, I do feel like the three films we're talking about are ripoffs, not in a negative way. This is obviously banking on Exorcist, but also, like, you have some Evil Dead in there. There's a lot of Evil Dead. And you mm-hmm. have some... Uh, the makeup feels very Evil dead It does. Like, there's some... Very dead eye. Yeah. The, the story structure kind of feels like rabid, like her going men to men. Uh-huh. And visually, I don't know, it reminded me of a bunch of other contemporary films. And obviously, like, the use of color is very uh, Bava-ish. So, I, I don't know. I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah, like I said, I video think, nasty. I think it was a, a fun time watching it. I was maybe I had to, uh, there were some like good gore effects, but I was hoping for a little more on that front at times. Mm-hmm. Um, being the gore hound that I am, sometimes it never really gets to like demon levels. Sure. Mm-hmm. What was the funniest moment for you? Okay, <laughs> this is a small little tick that I don't know. The gardener. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's got on this very nice shirt it's a button up (laughs) and like 
the the top button I think is undone. There's but, like, like the middle. Yeah. There's one button yeah. buttoned. Maybe and two. Then on the, the bottom of his belly, like the bottom button is not done, and it has a nice little, like just flap over his belly button, and so that's exposed, and that just made me laugh a lot. And then at one point he like digs in that belly button, and I I lost it. He's really excited about the situation because he's about to have some sexual relations with this lovely lady. She is gorgeous. She is. She's mm-hmm. abs- so, I mean, absolutely I, I stunning. get his excitement level, mm-hmm. but like it was, it was a bit overbearing. He just he he lost consciousness and was doing things that just seemed a bit inappropriate. What like, do you think about his work with that stomp? <laughs> you know, okay, it's got quick quick random story here. Um, our, a couple of our friends, uh, we used to go over to their house for parties quite often and they had a stump out in their backyard. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it'd been there forever. And for some reason we just like to sometimes just take an ax and just hit the stump and we called it hit the stump. It was an ax. I thought you guys were using a sledgehammer. Oh, sledgehammer. Thank you. So it usually occur when we would just get really drunk and be outside, which isn't the smartest thing to do, but we're just like, hit the stump! And then we just took a, the sledgehammer and just smashed it. Anyway, it appears that's what this man is doing. Like, I, I, it didn't seem there was much purpose for him. It seems like the most ineffective way to remove the stump from yeah. your landscape. Like, he, was, he wasn't getting much done. No. He just kept hitting it. He was turning it into splinters. That's true. So that I I really liked that character and uh, some of the choices he made. So that's what I'm going with. That's fair. Uh, Stacy, I mean, obviously, which I think might be a flaw with the film because it's a weird tonal inconsistency. But the stuff with the maid, mm. like <laughs> we got to talk about her. By She's the way. like it's so weird. It's and the the music they use for because they do it they play it back two times. Which it's is kind of weird. exactly the same thing. It is. Yeah, it's weird, too, because, like, if you do, like, classic comedy beats, like, you know, it's usually in threes. I, it was kind of funny that they they did it a second time just because, like, it's so weird and it doesn't fit with the film. And it takes a long time. Like, it's not that a That sequence with her mm-hmm. is, like, five minutes. And it's not consequential to the film at all. I want to give a shout out. That is uh, LaWanda Page. She is hilarious. And uh, her name is Elsie in the film. Yeah, Elsie. And sadly, she just kind of disappears after that scene. I wanted more I'm of her. I'm glad that she didn't get killed, though. That's true. She that, got out of there. She she was the smartest one. Mm-hmm. This house is full up, of demons. Like, she has to watch over this house with the lady who's possessed, right? Mm-hmm. So... And she's talked about as if she's, like, maybe not the best housekeeper, which, you know, I kind of agree, given her behavior. But <laughs> so she, she like, runs, she goes up the steps, and then it does this Mickey Mousing type music. Like a weird, like, it, musical, like, like a, a comedy it's cue. A whimsical, it going like down the, the stairs bull-legged. Yeah. It's bizarre. Mm. It's so weird. And there's nothing else in the film. Even the stuff with the gardener, though, that's funny. Yep. Other men that she kind of mm-hmm. seduces. Like, there's quirky moments. That goes mm-hmm. off the rails. Is this sequence racist? It is. It's problematic, probably. It's just, like, mm-hmm. her choreography, I guess, it, it just felt 
very like, like a 1920s like cartoonish yeah no i agree with that it like, felt like a caricature yeah yep it's yeah but she was a delight she, she was, is yeah. very very funny mm-hmm. yep melanie it is the gardener but it's it's a combination of two things really so it's a line and mm-hmm. something that actually occurs i think it's hilarious that the demon has sex with that gardener everyone else just kills Yep. The gardener's like, I'm going to bang him. Yep. Like, I'm going to give him the best moment of his life. Because he's been, yep. however long he's been working for this family and just, like, lusting after yep. this young he's housewife. Giving it his all. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they go into the garage. They have their tryst. It happens. It seems like he's really down for it. I think it's hilarious. In fact, they were going to go a second time. Well, here's the line. So he's, <laughs> he is just happy. He's talking about how great it was, how great she mm-hmm. is, how he knew it would be that good. Mm-hmm. And then he, like leans back and he kind of pats her butt a couple That's times right. tastefully it's yeah. she's she's covered with a blanket at this point which mm-hmm. is surprising True. but he like pats her butt and he's like okay you and me let's get going again <laughs> <laughs> why did the demon have sex with him i feel like the demon's motivations in this film make, don't make any sense no like sense. why is the husband not fucked with until the end of the film He's useless, too, by the way. He, yeah, he's not even worth talking about. Mm-hmm. He does nothing. That's true. Like, her psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever he is to mm-hmm. her, which I I think he actually spe- specializes in children's health. Yeah. But which like he she, does way more than her husband ever She did. also has awareness, like, and you have to assume the demon has awareness of, like, him inquiring about the demon. So, like, that's never dealt with, like, on the demonic level, like... I don't know, the demon's motivations make little sense. Well, and this happens whenever she's, like, what, 10 or 11? I think 10. And then she's 30, because it's, didn't she just have a birthday? Mm -hmm. So it's, like, all of a sudden, and it's, she's the same age as her mom before her mom died. And there's, we get, like, through dialogue at the very end of the movie that this is a thing that is cursing the women in her family. So her mom died because of this. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what yeah, the Yeah, with demon... the nomad family, which is conveniently demon spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they don't, uh... I don't the know story's the bad. Is. Yeah, there's very... They there... don't They do not do the basic legwork of why things are happening or even how to fix the thing that's happening. Like, there's no mythology to what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's Which just... I think if you're doing a demon film, that's the most interesting part of it for me. Yeah, there's scares and stuff. I want the mythology of, okay, so what's the deal with this demon and this family? And mm-hmm. let's, let's get into it. There's not a plentiful story to be had. Boobs and gore. It can be that. Mm-hmm. There is some cool lighting. There are funny moments. Mm-hmm. And there is a fair amount of gore. It's not yeah. nothing yeah. great, but there's some. Yeah. Do you have mm-hmm. a high and low? Oh okay. Uh, I'll I'll go with uh, my my high point of the film is I'll go ahead and and go with just the nakedness. I mean, just I like okay. her in the bathtub. That was a that was a win. Mm-hmm. Her out on the balcony, just that's a, that was a win. So that that's the high point. The low point, I anything with the husband. Like anytime he's on screen, I don't care about you. I was happy when he died. Uh, he had a gnarly death in a tub, so yeah, low point. Just, just, just the husband's existence. There was a film that was crossing my mind that I couldn't think of, as far as things it was referencing. There is a bathtub scene where she does change forms from hot wife to demon, shining. and it's very shining ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My high point, 
is going to be the girl in the mausoleum, mausoleum at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. That lighting, all that stuff looked great. And for like 10 minutes there, I was like, oh, like, is this going to be a good film? My low point, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it was okay. I enjoyed it. But I, I think that like structurally, the film doesn't really work in the way that it probably wishes it did. A lot of low points. But it's a fun time. Yeah. Melanie? Finn the Gardener is definitely my high point just in general. I love every second that he's on screen. I love that he pops back up at the end and just has a good laugh with himself in the audience. I think he's wonderful. Uh, my low point, the husband. I just think he's a shit. I don't like his yeah. hair. I don't like his style. His, I, his curly hair. Just You don't he, like that he looks like Sean Penn from Carlito's Way? Yeah, no. not <laughs> I'm not into it. He was shitty to the maid. I don't know. Just not into and it. Also, he's he has to be, his mind is, I don't know. When you see your wife not act like acting the way she was. But the thing is, he sees her in a, in full demon form rocking in a chair. That's true. He wakes up and he's like, oh shit. He mm -hmm. just, he yeah. sneaks out of the room. Yeah. He's, but it's he's like a, at that point, you know, your wife's not okay, man. That's true. You deserve to die. Yeah. You're an idiot. A real dumbass. But he's living in her house. Well, it's, yeah, it's her mother's estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even... And he works really long hours. It's super suspicious. Mm -hmm. Like, you think he's got some side ass. You think those suicide doors are getting him all sorts of beautiful babies. I don't... In white? I don't want to... Uh -huh. Oh, something I did want to bring up, not to give this film too much credit, I think it's very interesting that... Once she's possessed, she is in mostly white throughout the rest of the film. She is, yeah. There's mm -hmm. only one scene where she's she's in this very low plunging negligee that's kind of weird. Uh -huh. It's like a almost a coral pink nighty, and it's got like a little camisole, not a camisole. It's got like a little shoulder shrug thing yeah. over it. A shawl. A, a shawl. A shawl. It goes all the way down. Her breasts are. They're covered. It is like cleavage mm -hmm. down to the under boob. It's a lot. It's a weird look. And then you'd think it would be like the short thing to show off her legs. It goes all the way down to the ground and it almost looks like it's tapered. Mm -hmm. What is that doing for anybody? Yeah. Well, it would be hard to take off. Under boob. I mean, you do you, girl. I think under boob and side boob is hotter than cleavage. Agreed. Nolan, do you just like any boob you can get? I mean, if it's there, I'm taking. Okay, anything else you guys have to say about Mausoleum before we move on? I would recommend it. If you've never seen it, definitely yep. I would watch it. That transfer looked beautiful. It did. Isn't uh, it out of print already? No. Well, I don't think so. Uh, the version I have is because it was a slipcase. Oh, maybe but that's what I was reading. It still should be on sale on Amazon or Vinegar Syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I think it's on Tubi. Yeah. Tubi TV, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it was on Prime for a really long time, yeah. at least in stateside. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, if uh, want to give Vinegar Syndrome some purchases. Film number two, Hercules in the Haunted World. This is a 1961 film directed by Mario Bava. An all-new height in fright and might. Upon his return from battle in the previous film, the great warrior Hercules learns that his lover, Dianara, has lost her senses. According to the oracle Medea, Dianara's only hope is the stone of forgetfulness which lies deep in the realm of Hades. Hercules, with two companions, 
Thesis and Telemachus. I don't know how you say his name. I apologize. Theseus and Telemachus. Okay. Embarks on a dangerous quest for the stone while he is unaware that Dianara's guardian, King Lyco, is the one responsible for a condition and plots to have the girl for himself as his bride upon her revival. And I'm really sorry I failed on all accounts, probably on more names than one, but such is life. Greek mythology is hard. It is, especially with a brain like mine. Or boating place of no return. Hercules in the haunted world. An unearthly world of eternal darkness. Ghostly kingdom of the undead demons of death. What were your thoughts on Hercules in the haunted world? No needs to read more Ovid. <laughs> Love this film. It's my favorite out of the three. I think that I think during this time you can split fantasy films into two different segments. So you have the Italian sword and sandal flicks, which was huge. Yeah, I mean, they made, oh, what, like, at least a dozen of these Hercules films. I mean, they started out with Steve Reeves, uh, with Hercules Unchained, and, you know, Reg eventually takes the role. He does, I think, four films. You know, they, they made all sorts of uh, these sword and sandal flicks that have light fantasy elements. I think they did their own Sinbad movie. And then the other realm of fantasy, I think, you know, you have Ray Harryhausen films, which, like, those are the cream of the crop at this time. But, uh... For this style of fantasy, uh, this sword and sandal, you know, limited budget and such, I think this is the best out of those, you know, as far as what I've seen. I've seen Hercules Unchained. I, I've seen, like, bits and pieces of some of these movies on cable and such. This film has such a distinct visual style, and I, I think the story is fun. There are shots in this film that are so gorgeous, you could just put them up as a poster or a picture in a book. This is a wonderful film. This is one I hadn't seen. So he's a director that I, I have so much. Same with Bulci. I have so much that I, so many blind spots. His budget wasn't big and he's using set pieces that clearly were used at other filmmakers had already used these sets and he like made a meal out of them. It's stupid to even say this. And I realize that, but he is so good at lighting Dumb thing, but I love it in fantasy films whenever they have sprayed glitter on rocks and trees and there's tons of that. And with his lighting, it makes it feel so dreamy and erythral. It's just, it's so beautiful. So I was, I, I guess I wasn't surprised by that. I thought Reg Park did a great job. I, I love, I love Park. yeah, I love Steve Reeves, but I was kind of blown away that he, not that I thought he would be bad, but he, he was really good. I hadn't seen any of films with him as Hercules, so... Are we going to have mm -hmm. a short Reg Park conversation before we get to Nolan's thoughts since you brought it up? Yeah, we can. Go for it. I I think he is the best Hercules. He looks the part. I love that because Steve Reeves, for the role, he, like, cut down because the camera makes you look bigger and such, and, you know, he wanted to bring, like, a more Hollywood you know, approving a Steve. Yeah. Which, you know, Steve Reeves was like a more, he was a smaller guy, you know, he won Mr. America and such, but Reg Park, who won uh, Mr. Universe, I believe, three times and won all sorts of other bodybuilding mm -hmm. titles and that's like, that's, that's what Arnold, yeah, yeah, that's his idol, like, 
Arnold went and lived with him for a while. Like he was as close to Reg as like one of his sons, you know, and Reg like lived in South Africa through most of his life, Mm -hmm. but like his bodybuilding career is fantastic. I think, I think Reg Park not cutting being as big as he is when he's doing Mr. Universe. I think that's a good choice. Like his body, like, he is a force on screen. Like, you watch this movie and you're like, damn, that dude. Yeah, I, I think outside of this film, like, the only other film that kind of gets it close is, like, Jason and the Argonauts. But with that film, like, Hercules is just a tall dude. He's kind of He's not that cut. flabby. Yeah. And this, like, Reg is huge because Christopher Lee is huge. Like, mm-hmm. he is a tall person standing, like, toe-to-toe with Christopher Lee. It's like, oh, Reg is tall. I think Reg is 6'1". He's massive. Like, he doesn't look like anybody else from this time period. Sorry to go off. Wait, what are your feelings on Reg, no? A real beefcake, you know? An impressive human. Did you like him in the movie? I did, yeah. What did you think of the film? Yeah, I, so I enjoyed the movie uh, quite a bit. Uh, I, I, unlike probably both of you, I've, I, I have not seen many Hercules films that I'm aware of, other than, you know, we've all seen the Disney one. You know, some Kevin Sorbo TV, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh was quite impressed as with you guys on the set pieces. Uh, Melanie's you said the lighting, the typical Baba colors, uh, the stunt work, I think, is very impressive. And uh, especially, like, there's not, like, a huge amount of action scenes, but the action scenes that there are, it's just typical, well-done great choreograph and wide wide shot i really enjoyed the opening there's a a fun little action scene with uh theseus and he's with a a lady at the beginning i can't remember who he's with but he's having a little thing with her it's just a fun little action set piece that's probably like five minutes and there's some really impressive stunt work in that opening so yeah i i really enjoyed this movie i i think uh also i for me what's What's really fun about this one and Conquest is uh, I think there is a decent amount of some queer code in both of these films, especially uh, when looking at uh, both uh, sets of characters going off on their little adventures here. Uh, Theseus just leaves a smoking hot girl just to go do his thing with Hercules, and uh, I really like that a lot. Uh, Theseus, I think, has, has some interesting qualities about him. I like that character. So anyway, I, I enjoyed this film quite a bit. We haven't spoken about it yet, but Christopher Lee is the baddie in this. This is shortly after he found like international success with the Hammer Horror films. Like this is before he ever reprised Dracula. But there's hardcore Dracula vibes in this performance. Yeah, I mean, the character himself is a vampire and it kind of inspired an offshoot of the sword and sandal where um, they would do Italian sword and sandals mixed with horror. So it would be guys fighting zombies or vampires. I think they did Goliath versus the vampires, uh, things like that. You know, this film really works as a marriage between, you know, Baba's horror stylings and the sword and sandal genre. But Christopher Lee, they do shoot him and his performance is very similar to horror of Dracula. There's pulling like some his direct shots. Like dressing up over his face, mm-hmm. um, shots of him like approaching 
the uh, I'm, of... I'm pantomiming. This isn't a video cast. We don't actually get his natural voice in this American cut of the film. They dubbed his voice for whatever reason. And I don't think they dubbed Reg. I might be wrong on that, but... I don't think they dubbed Reg or Theseus, though. I think that's them. It, it, here's the thing. With Italian films, it's always hard to tell. You know, because everyone's speaking their language, mm-hmm. and then they dub it however they need. Well, to yeah, and they right. get stars from all over the world. Mm-hmm. I'm popping up in this rogue beer, by the way, real quick. Mm. It's a tasty beer. What's the notes? Well, I I don't think it lies. Hazelnut brown nectar. Mm. I mean, you got. I get the hazelnut, just coming out right on top there, and then a small bit of uh, maybe some brown sugar in there. What was your biggest laugh? Biggest laugh of this film. Let me think here. You know, I don't know if it's, it would be that funny to most people, but I I, I just liked the uh, the scene where they have to go across like this uh, huge swampy quicksand pit just to see like Reg's arms, just how huge they are. Something about that just made me laugh. I don't know what. There, but, it seemed like there was a lot of moments in the film yeah. that were specifically there to show off yeah. Reg's body it in, was. A, in a in a prolonged mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And then also I just thought it was hilarious that Theseus couldn't make it and that he got swallowed up by the quicksand. The lava. Lava and Hades, my man. They both tear down. <laughs> lava and quicksand and Hades. <laughs> they both tear down. But yeah, yeah, Theodor the, uh, Theseus. Theseus not making it. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed it. I thought he was dead. I did. But that him looking up, going mm-hmm. under that stuff, yeah. it was kind of gnarly. It was. Like, it's, there's not gore, yeah. it's all implied, but it looks weird. Yeah, yeah, it was. But yeah, I don't know why, but that, that scene made me, I mean, I, I laughed. Okay, so my favorite, as far as funny goes, is his third sidekick, Telemachus. Mm-hmm. Or I guess second sidekick, he's the third in the party. Telemachus. So Franco uh, Giocboni... He plays comic relief in this film, and he's hilarious through the whole film. Like, I love, like, the whole thing is Theseus is sleeping with his betrothed. Like, all that stuff's really funny, and, like, him getting her back at the end, and then Theseus being like, well, I lost Persephone. I'm going to go back to banging this hot girl, and he loses her again. That's funny. And he's like, the movie, the ending is hilarious. Like, I'm just going to go kill myself in the ocean. And, and everybody I- looks on and they're like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Like the scene that made me laugh the most with him was they send him after Hercules saves them from the rock monster in the cave after Hercules gets the golden apple. It's there's a cutaway where they're like, we're going to send him on the boat to watch the apple because it's the only way that we can get out of Hades. So he's on the boat in the uh, ocean of the underworld. And there's just a cut of him wearing this random ass helmet. That's like, so like ornate ornate is just like huge. And I hope they get back. I don't know why. It's just that scene like made me laugh so hard. Just him in this helmet. Yeah. He's definitely the funniest part. The single moment that made me laugh the hardest. Oh, suicide's so funny. <laughs> After Theseus steals his bride again, he, keep in mind at the beginning, whenever we meet Theseus, he's already been banging her. And then he tells, like, Hercules is like, all right, come on with me. We're going to go to Dianara. And he's like, 
well, you haven't seen Dianara in a long time. You're going to want to be alone with her. And he's like, you're right. So then he leaves and he's like, I'll just stay here for another week. He just is banging this girl in front of the person who she's supposed to marry. And he's just fine with it. Yep. Nolan, high and low. Yeah. So the high point of the film uh, for me was the uh, rock monster fight. I love the design of that uh, monster. Uh, it was really cool, and it's a great fight. Uh, low point of the film is that Christopher Lee isn't in it enough. Uh, I I like him. That's my, I guess, supposed to have one major complaint, and it's not really, it's just I, I, I like Christopher Lee. I wish he was in it more. Um, I guess, okay, so for me, I've got, can I have two high points? And just because there's a very specific thing that I want to shout out. But, so, like, my high point is, like, Rich Park's really fucking good in this film. Like, he is a fun Hercules. Mm -hmm. I really like his performance throughout the film. And the direction is also another high point. I think that Bava instills a, I don't know, a mystery. Things feel different than other sword and sandal films like it's it's stylized and it feels um otherworldly in in a way that a lot of films from this time like you don't get that like the Harryhausen films you get it because he has money and he has like stop motion like his animation techniques and stuff and like he can hit that scope but like they had no money here that's going to be into my low point but speaking on the high point Every freaking shot of Medea, who they fuck around with like mythology oh, in ways that the, it's they never follow the, what the mythology is. The only is. movie to even come close is Harryhausen's Jason, and it's still got like a bunch of fuckery in it. Yeah, so like this film, they lots of mythology fuckery, but that's that's just Greek mythology movies in general. There really isn't that. I know they go to Hades, but there really isn't that much mythology. Really? Theseus, they don't talk about his parentage. Hercules, they, I mean, they do, but it's, yeah. it's he just says, you know, Zeus. Persephone. Yeah. She's But in Persephone, it. she's his, she's Hades' daughter, not his bride. Right. It's very, it's fucky. So, Medea, she's an oracle in this film, and every freaking shot of the oracle it's a very symmetrical shot. She's in the middle and she's in the frame of two torches in the frame of the film. And these beautiful colors are going. She's oh, wearing this mask. That pool. That yeah, reflects the, everything. The pool's beautiful. Each time they show her, it's it's the same establishing shot. And it is gorgeous. And I think one of his best shots in any of his films. It's phenomenal. My low point. The lack of money. It definitely hurts the ambition. Because, you know, Nolan was saying, like, for his high point, Rock Monster. I wanted more of that. It's not like, in it very much. There's yeah. not enough, like, monsters or fantastical elements in the film. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very much a standard journey into hell. And, like, they get out and, you know, do their thing. There's some stuff at the end of the film, but... You know, I, I really wish there were, like, more encounters, more monsters, mm -hmm. because, you know, you get to, like, the, the cream of the crop, you know, the Ray Harryhausen-type films, and there's, like, a, a cool set piece or monster moment every 10 to 15 minutes in those movies, 
And in this, you know, you get your rock monster and there's a couple set pieces, but it's kind of lacking in that department. I don't think it's any fault of Baba. I really feel that it is a money issue. Well, I definitely think the film is better for having Baba because it would be very unremarkable. Reg mm -hmm. would still be good, but not those sets. There's yeah. not a lot to most of them, but the way he lights it. And I would say the only set that I thought was pretty unique to this type of thing is Dianara's being held at the end. Mm -hmm. There's that big palace that has the pillars that it reminded me of Dracula's armor from Coppola's Dracula. Mm -hmm. Like the red, rigid, all of those columns. And you have Christopher Lee like slinking around in the shadows and that, which is amazing. I thought, but even that, I'm sure any other director probably would have had that overlit and him having it bathed in shadow. Yeah, it's got his stamp all over it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it is, it's a Baba film. Mel, what's your highs and lows? You know, rock throwing... Yeah. So much. Well, I think it's impressive the amount of rocks. Like there, he throws everything. He, is, he throws the rock monster. He throws yeah. he, at the end, he's just throwing giant rocks. That's how he solves things. An unlimited stamina. Yeah. Too, Anytime he Which asks, I think is impressive. Well, doesn't he make two like bridges via rock? Yeah. Or he so, tears down the tree with a rock rope and then he makes a bridge with a rock rope. Yeah. Anytime mm -hmm. in this film when Theseus, Artelemachus, and Hercules, any of those boys are problem solving. Hercules is literally, he thinks, he says something to Zeus, and then he's like, I'm going to use this leather strap and I'm going to tie it around a rock and I'm going to throw it at something. Mm -hmm. Every single time. And I don't, it is so simple, but it works. Do you prefer Reg's rock throwing to lose bear throwing into space? I... I'm gonna say I do, but that's not a fair question. And you know it. But yeah, I do prefer wrenches throwing, but I really enjoy bear throwing as well. And that's two totally different mediums. So. A callback to one of our earlier episodes, I believe that the uh, Hercules film starring Lou Ferrigno was directed by the man who uh, did Contamination. That is accurate. Oh, man. oh something I did want to bring up uh, quickly before I move on to my low point. Bava, actually, a lot of the films that you listed, Hercules Unchained, Hercules, I don't think we talked about The Giant of Marathon, but he co-directed all of those, but he went uncredited. Before he got to do his own, he already kind of had his feet in the sword and sandal Italian film base, so it's pretty interesting. Did Leone do Giant of Marathon? Who? Sergio Leone. Didn't no. he do one of those sword and sandal flicks? He didn't do that one, because um, that's... Uh, it's Corbucci? No, but he... Oh, it's Jacques Turner. Yeah, Jacques Turner. Okay. So... Probably another great film. Leone, Colossus of Rhodes. There you go. That's the one I was thinking of. Low point, in a mythology film, I want more creatures, and that's probably because I'm spoiled on Harryhausen films. I can say that in, in retrospect that I wish that there were more, but while I was watching it, I was completely entertained. I think it flows really nicely. It's a really short film, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. A sword and sandal film that doesn't have a whole lot of story to deal with, I think it needs to be short. And mm -hmm. you get just that burst of color and shadow and baba and you're done. And it's good. Yeah. It's like small potatoes because it's it's so well done and I... I was thrilled. I thought this was a great pick, man. Yeah, I I, I, I was really excited. This we none 
all three of us, this was our first time watch for this movie, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I'll just give a shout out uh, to the, uh, this was put out by Kino on Blu-ray. Three versions of the film. We watched the U.S. cut. The audio on the one that we watched, yeah. and it's only maybe, like I would say, two minutes at the beginning, and then we noticed it at certain points mm-hmm. throughout it. It's got a lot of static and pop yeah. well, that are overwhelming, and then uh, it calms down. I think it was mastered from a, a mono two-channel yeah. track. Yeah. That's right. It yeah. was, so at first, whenever we put it on, we were all kind of like, oh, yeah. if this doesn't even out, we can't watch this version, because it, yeah. it was that and noticeable. Luckily, it only... It happened for maybe just the first couple minutes of the during the. It was during the credit the pre- sequence. Yeah, the, uh, I think if I remember right, the version we watched was eighty four, eighty five minutes. Yeah. I think the Italian version is the longest, at like eighty seven. You know, we'll watch the other version sometime. But mm-hmm. I think, as you said before, we popped it in. This was probably the version that was most accessible to watch, just because of the weirdness and how they do language with Italian. Uh, films in particular. Anyway, this Blu-ray looked great. Really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I I love this movie. I I think it's fantastic. It's probably one that I will revisit a few times. Alright, well, are we ready to go into film number three? The masterpiece that is Conquest. We watch uh, this around probably like 9.30 in the evening, and it fit the time frame just this late night. I was also, like I said, a little high. Not as much as I would have wanted, but enough. Directed by Lucio Fulci, 1983. In a place beyond time comes a terrifying challenge beyond imagination. A young man armed with a magical bow and arrows embarks on a mystical journey through a mystical land to rid it all of evil and joins forces with an outlaw to take down an evil witch bent on claiming the magic bow for evil. From a place beyond time comes a terrifying challenge beyond imagination. Conquest. Two men join forces in a struggle for power in a realm of fear. Stacy? Yeah. Thoughts on Conquest? <laughs> Why are you starting with me? The worst for first. I think this is a bad movie. This was my least favorite of the three we watched. I, you know, like, I like Fulci. I, I guess I'm not as big a fan as you are. I I think that Fulci's got one possible masterpiece uh, in the beyond, and I'm a big fan of zombie. Um, outside of that, his films are kind of hit and miss with me. This one was definitely a miss. I think it's kind of like on the lower end of the Conan ripoffs that uh, proliferated the early 80s. Uh, this is more of the... This is like a Corman level, but without the fun and without the boobs. I mean, there's, there's a ton of boobs in this. I guess, I, I take that back. Um, there's a lot of boobs. Yeah. One character mask and then just some underwear and that's it. But they're not fun boobs. Oh... Are we body shaming? No, no, no. I'm not body shaming the body. I'm shaming the context. <laughs> oh, like they're oppressive boobs. Well, this is an oppressive film. Well, it's yeah. uh But I'm trying to get I'm trying to understand This is like the garbage version of Fire and Ice. I am trying to understand specifically what you're saying about them being garbage boobs. No, no, no. They're fine. Like she looks they're fine. They're not fun boobs is what you said. I meant that 
like Deathstalker 2. That's some that's a comedy with some boobies in it. That's funny. It's fun. I think that this movie being a Conan ripoff, I don't think it's as successful as other Conan ripoffs in that like I don't find the movie to be fun. It's this weird mix of Conan and like Quest for Fire and it just it doesn't work for me and I feel like the film is in conflict with itself on what it's trying to be. It's a weird film. It it reminds me of like a really shitty shitty version of Valhalla Rising. It is such a smoky film, which is frustrating because there are some cool things even with Okran, her slinking around in her area, it's also very hazy. Had that been vivid and warm with lots of reds and saturation, that would be a cool contrast to all the haziness of the boys doing their adventure out in this, you know, desolate world. All of it's just hazy. But I like this film a lot. I wouldn't say it's a fun film, but I think it's fun to watch. It's definitely fun to watch with people who have never seen it. So as an introduction film, I think it's great. For me, it's not that. I definitely don't think it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's one of Fulci's best. I don't mind it being a Conan ripoff. I don't have a problem with that. I love a ripoff. I'm just going to say I love this movie. This was, and I'm not I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. This movie was close to a masterpiece for me. I loved it. The thing about me, like, if for our listeners that haven't picked up on it, I, I really like films that are very audacious. And this is this was like something I'd never seen before. Now I understand it obviously the it was a ripoff of of a type of movie, but uh, it it was the way it was shot. This foggy mise-en scene like it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Maybe it was. I'm sure the drugs helped. To be honest, I wish I was more high while watching it because I I it I think it just would have made the experience even more. But. Man, I, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed myself watching this. Uh, I will say uh, I am a huge Fulci fan, so that had probably something to do with it. Um, he's he's personally probably in my top ten favorite directors. I, I love him. And I think it's a Fulci film through and through. The rhythm is, the editing, the way he matches music every time he uses his action scenes like he always does which that's something i didn't talk about the music in this film is phenomenal it's really great isn't it one of the guys from goblin it's simon eddie Mm -hmm. uh yeah so uh the the way (laughs) the way he just always like builds on his on his action scenes his movies don't necessarily ever hit me on an emotional level but they always hit me on a visceral level and that one did this to me very much. I could just live in this world. Like, I don't know. It was... You would it was, die in this world. I would. I, I After it was over, like, it was like... I think it's like a 90-minute film. But I was like, I could have watched another hour and a half of this. I think that Stacey thought you were joking. I knew you weren't. If you guys wanted to watch that again right now, I would. And you were being serious. You would have watched it back to back. I had a blast watching this movie. Like, I, I really enjoyed myself. Um... I do understand it is definitely the type of movie that's very uh, hit or miss with people. It's so I, I definitely get that. Uh, for me, it was a hit, and uh, it really made my night. So I, I enjoyed myself thoroughly watching this movie. <laughs> I appreciate that you like the film. Yes, yes. 
But uh, I had a really good time. I wish I liked it. Conan the Barbarian is one of my favorite films. That film is a masterpiece. I like Conan ripoffs. I know that a lot of them aren't good. But I, I find that type of fantasy to be fun. Like that sandy, dirty, kind of gory fantasy like, just a big beefcake. Just yeah, a big beefcake, boobs, maybe a comic relief, a sorcerer, somebody that's evil, evil snakes, or, you know, weird beastmen in there. Like, I like that shit, and I really wanted to like this film. None of the characters really did it for me. Like, the heroes, I couldn't feel an attachment for. And I thought that the set pieces were the same each time. It was... 10, 15 minutes would go by and our heroes would be attacked by, like, furry beastmen. And then another 10 minutes would go by and they're attacked by furry beastmen. And it just kept repeating. It was like this cycle that was going on where one of them would get captured or something would happen. And it's just over and over and over again. It's just like, come on, let's do something different. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, there's some about his repetitions that really... Uh, stimulate me. I don't know. Because um, that is a thing yeah, with this filmmaking. It is. It's mm -hmm. a lot of it is. phases. It's very rhythmic. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like the the rhythms that are in like Zombie or The Beyond, each set piece is visually different. And I, I like that. And this, I felt like everything was the same. It feels like he watched Excalibur. Oh, I gotta do that. I want the movie to look like that. There does seem to be some Excalibur influence on this. For me, it just... Excalibur, I realize that movie has some flaws. I, I think that movie hits visual poetry in a big way well, for me. We'll all talk about that at some point in the future on an episode. This film kind of meanders. I know I'm in the minority here. Somebody who's a steamed writer like Glenn Kinney gave it like five stars. And then I've seen like, you know, other esteemed writers who gave it one you know what i mean like it's it's very it's a polarizing film i just happen to be on that on the five star side more i went for it for me the only thing that just takes it down just that little bit is and i like the use of the fog and the smoke whenever we're in different parts when we're in caves when we're inside indoors mm -hmm. why it's still so hazy yeah it, it's odd it's, it's just an definitely odd choice a choice yeah that i yeah mm -hmm. and it's it's what he went for <laughs> stylistically and i understand mm -hmm. that but it doesn't hit that for he, me he's a crazy man oh well, yeah he like he actually is truly he's true mm -hmm. just in a different yeah. realm of thinking mm -hmm. i feel like he he processed things very differently mm -hmm. i had a hard time finding out anything on this film like i tried to read about it and the only thing that i could find as far as like info nuggets is that he had a two or three picture film deal with the producer of this film and he was so unhappy with the making of this film. Now I'm not saying the finished project. I, I just, it seemed like there was a lot of producer interference as far as like trying to suggest things that he didn't stay to edit the movie. Like he left before filming was, or before, uh, the film was he didn't good. do a director's block on the film. Yeah. It was cut without his involvement. So I'm curious like what happened there. I'm curious his involvement with how much of the film. I, yeah. I just couldn't find much 
on on this movie. And you know, I I do think it's an interesting thing, especially considering the movies that he was making at that time. Him to do a Conan ripoff, like on paper, that sounds like gold to me. What you doing, Conan? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just like it just didn't work for me. What's your favorite comedy? What's comedy gold for you? I mean, I guess nothing in this film really made me laugh. I I think the overwhelming like weight of disappointment mostly was weighing down on me, but I would say the most audacious thing in this film is the dolphin rescue scene. <laughs> I'm not saying like I imagine that there are a lot of people who watch films ironically will probably laugh at that scene. Because the two times that I've seen this, I watched with other people. Whenever the body gets slit at the beginning, everybody going, oh, I would think I was in the other room when that happened because I was fixing a drink or something. And I just hear, like, yeah, that's it. I mean, the dolphin is, it's brilliant. Is it? (laughs) Yes, it is brilliant. It's the same setup that he uses in with the shark in the zombie and zombie. It's It's like it's it's these long takes of just utter stupidity that realistically can't happen, but in the language of the film can if you accept it on those terms. Well, it's Fulci's world, baby. Right, just living in it. It's his mind here. That'll be my high point, obviously, when we get to it. Nolan, what's your comedy yeah. gold? Okay. Uh... Whenever we set up this category, we <laughs> knew it wouldn't work with everything, so... Yeah. I there's I don't know. There's so many funny moments. Just the look of the Wookiee creatures. Every time they're on screen, though, I just wanted... I just laugh. Their design is so obscure. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I loved it. I also loved the weird... Whatever those those white bear oh, yeah. thing creatures were towards the end of the film when they they get on that island, I don't know. I just laughed when they were on screen. Like character design for you. Yeah. Do we want to do highs and lows? Yeah, Nolan. I think okay, we yeah. Start so with your high. Obviously, like <laughs> we talked about it, it's the dolphin scene underwater. And look, I don't know what else to tell you other than you're never gonna see that again. You ever going to see dolphins just somehow biting through a man's ropes and freeing him? <laughs> it's really good. You know, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's it's craziness. It's, uh, when you're in the moment, for me, I'm just like in in disbelief a little bit on what I'm seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, this, 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 this actually was, this is... They filmed it. They this wrote it film. this, somewhere. It was written this down is being that this was portrayed in front of me on screen. Uh-huh. This is real life. Like they went to sh- set that day, and they were like, "We're shooting with yeah. the dolphin." Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say other than you, you got to see it to believe it, folks. You know? Do you have a low? <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't long enough. The, the low point was it wasn't three hours long. That's the simple answer. Stacy, Fulci, God. I guess my high points in music, I like some of the gore effects in the first, like, 20 minutes of the film. My low point is going to be the rest of the movie. Just the whole movie. Just everything that's not the music mm-hmm. or some of those gore effects. It's kind of trash. For me, the high point definitely is the music. I think the music is... That's gore bangs. I want the soundtrack on vinyl so I can just, like, hey. turn off all the lights, put on my Galaxy... 
if projector. You, if you somehow work your magic and can find ever find I'm out really vinyl. good at finding weird shit, but I don't know that they ever printed that. I'll see. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely the high point for me. And then I would say the low point is I'm sorry, it's the hazy. It's sure. it's it's just too hazy for me. Love the film a lot, but I just wish. I keep saying the same thing. On interior scenes, mm-hmm. I wish that we had more saturation and yep. more fullness of color. I'm fine with everything else being kind of... And it's not even a consistent haze, which also bothers me. But mm-hmm. there's times where it's super intense. There's times yeah. where it's barely there at all. The look of the film is like a shitty TV version that is on a VHS that is like 12 years old that has a lot of dust on it. Which normally I would be excited about. I hate to keep using this word, but there's a visceral feeling with physical media and VHS. Like, I like having those bumps and bruises and weird clippy moments. And, yeah, I get what you mean. A lot of the haze, it does make it look like it is an aged VHS in a way that I don't like. Because I feel like the the print that we were watching, I don't know if you said where it came from. No, I, I, this is uh, from the new Code Red Blu-ray, but which it, it looked, everyone that says this is the best it's ever yeah. looked. The way I saw it initially, I thought that it was so hazy because what I was watching mm-hmm. was just a shit rip of yep. it. it. That's not the case, but this looked better. Anybody who's interested, uh, it's a fairly cheap Blu-ray. You can get it for like 20 bucks. It's so. worth it, too. I know that you don't think it is, Stacy, but... This is one of the best things I've bought over the last year. Uh, I, will, I will watch this multiple more, time, more times in life. Have we said everything that we're going to say on Conquest? Because I do have a Mary Fuck Kill for you guys. I, I think, I think. All right, Nolan, do you good. have any parting words? Uh, I'll, I'll just say, like, I know I've, I'm being ridiculous, but I'm I'm honest in my assessment of the film. I, I love the hell out of this movie, and I would uh, very much give it a recommendation. And, uh, yeah. Was this the high point of your birthday? Absolutely. This, like, <laughs> this really made my evening. The like, low point was real. your whole body being achy. Being and achy, being in pain, but uh, this this was worth it. I enjoy these when we, this kind of tradition we've had the last few years, and I'm glad you guys watched them with me. I had a fun time, and uh, I, I enjoyed talking about them. So. Happy birthday, Nolan. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes. Kind of simplify this since we watched three films. I'm going to take a character from each film, and that is going to be make up your three choices for tonight's Mary Fuck Kill. Okay. The first, for Mausoleum, we have Ben the Gardener. Mm-hmm. From Hercules and the Haunted World, we have Telemachus. Mm-hmm. From Conquest, we have, is it Elias? Yes. The, yeah. the skinny boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skinny boy. Yeah. I'll go ahead and go first here. Elias, he's a fuck boy. So, yeah. like, I'm effing Elias, okay? Easy enough. He's pretty. He is. I'm going to marry the gardener. Look, he's sweet. Like that little tap on the butt we were talking about earlier. That's my type, you know? Okay. Like You want to get hey, butt taps? We had a little rest. Let's go again. He's going to beat the shit out of my stump, you know? Like, he's a hard worker. Number three, I'm going to kill Telemachus. Telemachus. Because he reminds me of Mark the Bagger, and I don't like that. And he's he's a small little man that uh, wants to kill himself anyway because he didn't get what he wanted. That's fair. Stacy, marry fuck Hill. I want to fuck Elias. Well, I didn't like the movie he was in. He's a good looking dude. He's got a weird fucking lightning bow or something. Yeah. Laser bow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he passes the spirit on. 
beautiful. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Tullius. Okay. And my reasoning. He's gotta have something going on for him. Cause he had that hot girl. Like I mean, he he's gotta have money or something. Yeah. That's fair enough. He's cool enough to go on a journey with Hercules. He has that cool hat. And if he kills himself in the ocean, then his stuff's mine. I'm gonna kill the gardener. Because he's just hanging out with Muffin Top out. It's kinda yeah. weird. Yeah. It seems like death doesn't stick to him anyways. It's true. Showing up at the end. That's right. He's a slinky little Oh movie. man, I forgot this, when we talked about that movie. That was the best part for me. She said it. All right. You didn't pay attention. I'm sorry. He's still out of On it. your own birthday. I'm going to marry Ilias. Nice. Like, I, I think that he's constantly talking about his home and how safe and nice it is. It's the green place. I want to go to there, and I feel like he would provide for me. Mm-hmm. He'd make me feel safe. He'd make me feel cozy. I like that. Mm-hmm. I am going to fuck Telly. Because, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, it might just be kind of a pity thing. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for the guy. He's not a bad-looking man. I just think, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's funny. He's The thing is, he's hanging out with, like, Hercules and Theseus, so he's hanging out with all these hunks, and then there's just him with You're his... throwing out pity fucks? Yeah. Look. It's not the most honorable thing, but it's what I'm going to do yeah. in this situation. So... What are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's a pity bang. I bet if you go to the Greenland with the guy you marry, it's still gonna be covered in fog and you can't see five feet in front of you. Marrying Alias It's not about seeing, it's about feeling. It's about fucking, it's about communication, it's about touching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bang Telemachus and I'm going to kill the gardener because no! no Nolan, he's gonna come back. Fine. He's gonna come back, so it's not even a big deal. It's not even a thing. But I do, I want to kill him a little bit because he's a little skeezy. Mm-hmm. He's taking coffee mugs. I love a mug. I That's, really do. That's very true. So him taking that mm-hmm. sunflower yeah. mug with the two, it's like got almost like a half a brass knuckles on the mm-hmm. side that you can just grip. Him taking it into the yard and losing it, it's an actual plot point that they go and look for this mug, but then they just bang. Mm-hmm. I would not appreciate that. If he was down cutting my stump, and then he, I gave him one of my mugs, and he didn't bring it back. I am gonna be furious. So no. I think that's that's. You made a good point. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I don't think he respects a lot. So and he's gonna go, he's gonna be back. That's, that's your it. husband. Yeah. I mean, I want him digging at his belly button while we're banging. <laughs> so he's standing behind you in that situation, Damn digging right. into his belly. <laughs> that just gets you going. I like that. <laughs> I respect it. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do do we have anything else to add before we close out this? This was uh, this was a good time. I had fun fun watching these with you guys. So, thanks for uh, indulging me. Happy birthday, Nolan! Since it was your Thank birthday, you. does like the notion of your mortality creep in every to your mind of every day that you're slowly dying? Thank you. That's depressing. All right, this has been good. Uh, you can find us at Cinema Parlor on uh, Twitter. You can find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify. You can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. Where can people find you, Stacey Glover? S. Glover 84 at Letterboxd. I believe that's it. 
I am Plastic Werewolf on all social medias. You can also follow us on Instagram. Oh, yes. I'm trying to be better yes. at Sorry making sure things are posted mm-hmm. there. Yep. So. Uh, also, I didn't say, but uh, if anybody's out there who is feeling generous, give us some ratings or views on the old iTunes. That would or be anywhere. Or I anywhere think. you get your podcast. That would be appreciated. Uh, just let us know what you think. So, Melanie, uh, thank you for editing and running our show. And uh, another special. Another special episode coming up. Mm-hmm. Until then, see y'all. Happy birthday, Noah!